Hi, and welcome to the Imperfect Podcast. My name is Deb Crow, and I will be your host. Join me on this journey as we meet heart-centered leaders from all over the globe. Lots of interesting questions, interesting conversation, and find out what makes a leader. How do they handle uncertainty and complexity? How do they lead in a time that is volatile? Join us. Welcome back to Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. And I've been anxiously awaiting to interview this gentleman today. Again, another amazing entrepreneur that I met on LinkedIn. Happy to say he's a fellow Canadian. Let me tell you a little bit about Mike Fada. To quote him, he tells you that his passion is natural health and his purpose is to share it with the world. Mike co-founded the Manitoba Harvest Hemp Foods in 1998. He has an amazing story we're going to talk about. And he ran that company till 2016. He ran all aspects of that company as chairman of the board and the CEO. In February of 2019, Mike helped guide the strategic sale of Manitoba Harvest to Tilray for $419 million dollars. Mike has dedicated over 25 years studying and practicing natural health, starting in 1995 when he made the life-changing decision and lost over 100 pounds, where he went from 300 pounds to 180. Absolutely incredible and so awe-inspiring. Mike has gained excellent knowledge of human anatomy, diet, nutrition, and really living a healthy lifestyle. He's a keynote speaker. He's been on television, radio, numerous magazines, and it's just such an honor for me. So Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I, uh, I'm awestruck because I, I had to narrow my questions down to four and I've been so excited to interview you. So I'm going to jump right in if you're ready. I'm ready. First leadership question is, when I talk to you and read your bio and I watch your post and some of the things that you've written about, there is a deep seated level of resiliency and grit. So share with our listeners where that was learned and how you were able to bring it to be such a successful entrepreneur. Yeah, I think it goes from, you know, being raised by a single mom um, and, uh, and I guess the challenges of, of surviving as a, a lower income single parent family that, uh, that I, I knew from early on that uh, I needed to do whatever I could to help uh, support our situation and, and grow. So there's a, there's a bit of survival uh, instinct that's in me that, uh, that has fired me up uh, even and, and no matter how, uh, how successful I've become. And so in business, um, I, I want everyone to know that they could be personally successful uh, and an organization can be successful with their efforts. Um, and I'm willing to show them and, and lead by example and actually um, sh show them how and show them why. Well, I think you have done a tremendous job in that regard. And I'm going to skip forward and ask you my third question because you segued so beautiful into what I want to ask you. 
you've alluded and proudly talk about it that you dropped out of high school 30 years ago, 25 years ago, you made a decision to draw the line in the sand and get your weight under control and lost 100 pounds. You also made a decision 20 years ago to launch your health food business and then you sell it in 2019 for $419 million. So share with us, because again, it's part two of that resiliency, that survival, that grit. How old were you when you dropped out of school? And give us a little snapshot of this journey and all these amazing milestones that you've hit and how this strong mindset keeps showing up for you, Mike, decade after decade. Yeah, well, you know, the, um, uh, when I was 13 and I finished grade nine and I was going into high school, um, I was um, sick and tired of being bullied and teased and not fitting in at school. And so um, I told my mom I didn't want to go to school and, uh, and she supported me and said, that's fine as long as you start working. And I said, done, uh, because that was a uh, you know, a double positive for me. Not only did I get away from uh, from from aspects of uh, of of school um, that I didn't like with the uh, uh, with some of the social pressures and stuff, um, and uh, at the same time, I got out into the world and and could start uh, working and making my own uh, money to help contribute to my uh, to my family. So. I've been an entrepreneur then since 13 or 14 and uh, started out in, in construction and, and working with my hands and general labor and um, in carpentry and, uh, and then in asphalt and concrete. And I guess um, thought that I was gonna be uh, carrying a, a pickaxe or a shovel maybe my whole life and, uh, uh, but got a lot of exposure then to how the world works and how hard it is to earn a dollar and, um, you know, the, the team aspect of, of business, of getting, uh, getting things done in business. And so when I, when I went through the, uh, the, the weight loss and my health changes, um, and I, I realized that my passion, my personal passion, my, my, my inner why, my passion is really on, on health and, and on natural health, so natural and organic foods and natural and organic uh, products, um, that that, that that was my opportunity uh, and uh, and so when we organized the uh, the business that same same survival instinct of like we need to make this work uh, both um, because I wanted to create my own personal success but I also believe that uh, that we could be the change um, and at that time um, you know bring hemp bring this new product uh, that uh, that was outlawed and 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 thought that it was a, that it was a negative um, into the world and and uh, and make hemp hearts and, and our products uh, really uh, mass market uh, mass market products so um, and it was all done by uh, uh, you know, a lot of hard work and 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 figuring things out myself uh, and and uh, and then helping uh, coach and guide a team uh, towards uh, fulfilling our mission. It's you know it's it's such a an amazing story of triumph and resiliency and what I like to call fail forwards and just you're constantly revisiting that level of grit and that is such a a true a true highway, if you will, of, of entrepreneurs. It's up and down and up and down, just like we see on a on a piece of paper with a graph and you just kept rising above. So congratulations to you. And my next question is, 
what imperfections do you feel that you bring to your heart-centered leadership? I think my my biggest imperfection is is um, um, uh, I always struggle with confidence, so I'm, I'm I'm always looking to be more confident in myself in in every aspect of of, of living, especially in business and, and leadership. Uh, I, I strive to be a better leader because I felt like I'm, and I can feel like sometimes that I'm, I'm, I'm not a great leader. I, I've made that uh, a comment up to the world that I, I think I'll be a great entrepreneur or, or executive by the time I'm 50. Uh, so, you know, having 30 or, or more years of experience there. Um, but I, I think it's that, uh, it's that drive, um, maybe a bit of insecurity, but it, it creates a drive to want to be better um, every single day. And that drives all the other actions in my life of, of how I uh, how I conduct myself and how I organize my thoughts and and uh, and how I, I continue my uh, uh, continuous improvement kind of mindset to uh, to, to be a better leader. Uh, but it comes from a, I think a natural insecurity. Well, it's interesting. I it makes me think of uh, I don't know where I've seen this, but I've heard quotes. Uh, one of my favorite ones is true grit is staying in the game when others would have dropped the ball and left the park. And that's exactly what you've done. And I think you bring up a really mood point for a lot of entrepreneurs. I think we get our grit and our tenacity to move forward and be progressive and really embrace success by having that level of uncomfortableness and thinking, okay, can I really do this? Should I do this? When should I do it? And I think when we act in that moment of now and really exercise making that decision and standing in it and having you know, the strength of our character and our courage, I think it allows our ego to stay in check. And it's like having butterflies in your stomach before you get up on the stage to speak. I think it's just a little reminder to keep us anchored and grounded and always know the place that we come from. So such an interesting um, self-audit, Mike, and, and you just never let the fear succumb you or allow to keep you out of the game, if you will. My fourth question is around the younger generation, and you spoke about being bullied and I would love for you to share with the listeners, because we have a lot of young listeners. If you are being bullied, what's a strategy that you found, even going back to the 14-year-old version of Mike, that you could share with the listeners for removing themselves from a situation like that and really not giving up on their dreams, much like you haven't? Yeah, that's a great question, Deb. Um, I, I it's, it's two things come to mind for me. The first one is is um, you have to be yourself, um, and I think we're living in today's world. It's a it's a there's a little bit more openness um, for for individuality. Uh, definitely uh, different. I feel it's different than 20 years ago when I 25 years ago when I was growing up. Um, um, so uh, there's there's if you're not yourself and you lean in uh, and, and you change yourself because of, of bullies or because of, uh, of pressures, um, you, you're really going to get yourself in a in a, in a shitty position. Uh, so I, I think it, it starts with being yourself. Second to that, then, is if you truly are being yourself, um, you will find your people um, and or, or your people will find you. 
and and I think that's the that, that's the only way out of a uh, of a situation where you're involving yourself with um, people people that are that are going to tear you down uh, instead of instead of help build you up. Uh, it doesn't matter what age you are or where you're at in life or or where you're at in business. You need to surround yourself with people that that build you up uh, constantly. Um, but but it starts with knowing yourself and and, uh, and and positioning yourself that way. Well, I love that. One of my mentors told me that in my late twenties. Uh, he said, find your tribe and love on them hard because they'll get you through those valleys of grit and resilience and see, see you for who you are, your character, your behavior, and more importantly, how you treat people. And that's one of the biggest reasons that I wanted to have you on the show today. I'm going to switch gears now. And I'm going to ask you what I call my fab four. And these are just fun questions. We want to know a little bit more about Mike and What's sitting on the top of his mind? So my first question is, tell us something that we don't know about Mike Fatta. Oh, I, uh, I used to be a professional pool player when I was in my uh, er early and, uh, and late teens. Uh, so I, I spent a lot of time practicing pool and would play pool tournaments uh, five or six days a week. Well, that's a fun fact. So remind me never to have a pool game with you because you'll probably kick my butt is what you're trying to tell us. Yeah, you don't want to play me for money. That's for sure. So here we are in a new year, 2021. Share with us, do you have a word or a mantra or perhaps you could share some aspirations that are kind of engraved on your heart that you'd like to see play out this year? Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I don't, uh, I don't have a word, but, uh, the way that I organize myself is, um, is around kind of my personal goals, my family goals and, and, and my business goals. Um, and I, I think the biggest change, and I've been working on this for the last couple of years is, uh, it, 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 it is my personal goals first. Uh, I'll say that a different way, like putting my own oxygen mask on first clearly identifying uh, the things that I need to accomplish um, this year uh, that are going to be taking care of me um, before I move on to doing the things that I know are going to add value and, and, and improve on my, my family situation uh, before I'm going to move uh, do things that are going to improve on my business situation. So I found it very helpful to organize my, my, my mind like that and then make sure that my priorities are are uh, myself and then family and then business because uh, for many years it got out of balance from there and it was the business first and was was uh, was just not sustainable. Well, I'm sitting here smiling ear to ear because you know I'm a big lover and a big proponent of self care, and when you put self care first, you are the best version of you in all relationships of your life, and. A mind of clarity is powerful. It's limitless. It's, it's immeasurable. So I love that. Next question. If you sat down with that 13, 14 year old Mike, what advice would you give to him today? I'll go back to, but uh, to be yourself. Um, you know, I, at, at that young age, I, I didn't think that, uh, that who I was or my views and my beliefs in life were um, were fitting, um, or, or, um, 
deserved a place. And so I was seeking, seeking more. Um, and uh, looking back from now, uh, I definitely give that advice that, uh, that, that I'm good enough. Um, I'm deserving of the person that I am and to truly just continue to be myself. I love that. I forget who said the quote, but be yourself. Everyone else is taken. That's what, that's what makes me think in my mind when you say those words. And my last question is, if I gave you a magic wand and you could make a wish for our food industry, what would it be and why? For our food industry, um, I'd, I'd go to taking the chemicals out of the, uh, out of the food um, and, and making the food industry more more wholesome, uh, more pure, maybe even more organic. Uh, and why? Because um, my personal experience has been um, that certain certain chemicals, certain foods can have a, a major negative impact on one's health. And I think that uh, um, that's different for everybody. Um, and uh, uh, most people don't know that um, and are consuming things that, uh, that are um, keeping them down in life. So I would love it if there wasn't that option and, uh, and the food was, uh, was back to the way that it was, uh, it was supposed to be. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. And I just want to throw in one more fun question here because I, I was blessed. Oh my gosh, I'm going to say 12 years ago, I was given a bag of hemp hearts for my birthday by a girlfriend and they are so yummy and so nutritious and they are paleo and they are vegan and they are keto, but give us a little a little mic overview of hemp hearts and where you use them and why they're good for us because I would love as as many people to know about them because I think people might get an idea about something Mike but you're the guy who who brought them to market so give us a give us a little infomercial here on on hemp hearts and how nutritious they are and where you use them and the health benefits happy to do that. I love talking about hemp hearts. Uh, so, you know, hemp hearts for anyone that wouldn't know, hemp heart is the soft inner kernel or the heart of the hemp seed. So uh, has a really uh, soft texture and, uh, and a very nice nutty flavor. Uh, most people would say in, uh, in between a sunflower seed and a, and a pine nut. Uh, very nutritious and, and nutrient dense, 10 grams of protein and, and 10 grams of essential fatty acids in, in, in one serving. Um, I personally have been consuming about, about five pounds of hemp hearts a month, um, for the last 20 years or 22 years. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's a normal and regular part of my diet, um, for a number of reasons when I've, as I found that, uh, that I've consumed a nice healthy source of essential fatty acids, um, which are those healthy oils. Uh, my system feels properly lubricated in all the right ways uh, from digestion and, and, uh, and my skin and uh, just notice it throughout the body. Um, but also the plant-based protein and the satiation. I've just found when I start my day with hemp hearts in my, in my breakfast, uh, I just feel more satiated, which I, I don't then crave snacking or, or, or other items that kind of knock me off my, my diet. So 
Um, I'm a I'm a big uh, smoothie uh, maker um, in, in the uh, in the morning, and uh, and I love uh, I take hemp hearts and water and make a fresh hemp milk in the blender, and then add all my uh, fruits and other things that I want to put in the smoothie. Um, I eat a big organic rainbow colored salad every single day for for lunch. Um, so all the colors and the all the colors in the rainbow and uh, uh, and and each one of those salads is is topped with a with a, with a healthy serving of of hemp hearts. Uh, just love how the both the flavor and the texture in a salad, but also you know it, it beefs up the protein in the uh, in the salad. So. Uh, I can't say enough good things about hemp hearts, and if people haven't tried them, I, I suggest that you do. Uh, nowadays, um, uh, you can find them in most, uh, if you're in Canada, the U.S. Uh, or Mexico or, uh, you know, uh, a handful of other countries around the world, you can find them in most uh, natural food stores and grocery stores and club stores like uh, Costco, obviously online with Amazon. It's, it's hard to it's hard to get away from hemp parts nowadays. So um, if, you, if you haven't tried them, try them. Uh, salad, cereal, yogurt, smoothie would kind of be the top four uses that the world uh, has woken up to. And I love it because we got hearts in our food on a heart-centered leadership podcast. So that to me is just serendipitous and super cool. And of course, non-GMO, gluten-free, vegan, kosher, paleo. And I love just having them on my yogurt. I, I love the, the nutty flavor. It's like super delicious, but it's like you said, the, the weight is the taste. It's 10 grams of protein. So you feel fuller and I almost feel lighter having it in my smoothie every day. So I really align with what, how you, how you feel when you eat it, Mike. And we got to we got to get some hemp hearts out to everybody out there. It just would be a nice way to end the podcast. So Mike, I truly want to thank you for spending your time and sharing your expertise and your story. You are a true entrepreneur. Uh, love that you're a Canadian, of course. And I just want to wish you all the best on whatever is next for you. And it will be fun to see what's next for you and watch you grow and continue to lead as a heart-centered leader. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for so much for having me and, uh, and, and, and sharing uh, that there is a, a, a heart-centered way to, uh, to lead, Deb. I, I really appreciate it. Well, I picked a special quote for you today because when I was talking to you and, and researching for the podcast, I thought I really wanted to find a powerful quote around grit because when I, when I think of you, Mike, I, I see your passion and your perseverance in what you've done over the last 30 years. So I'm going to leave the podcast today and share a beautiful quote from Dr. Angela Lee Duckworth. Grit is passion and perseverance for very long-term goals. Grit is having stamina. Grit is sticking with your future day in, day out, not just for the week, not just for the month, but for years and working really hard to make that future a reality. Grit is living life like it's a marathon, not a sprint. So thanks for joining me today. You can check out Mike and his information below on the podcast episode description. 
If you like our show, sharing is caring. If you'd love to give us a review or a rating, we always welcome that. That's a heart-centered thing to do. So this is Deb Crow. Thank you for joining me once again on Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast.